Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. song my brothers and I used to sing in a southern gospel quartet said I don't want to get adjusted to this world to this world I've got a home that's so much better I'm going to go there sooner or later I don't want to get adjusted to this world why would we get adjusted to uh, flat tires, roofs that spring a leak, and toilets that won't flush. Or when they do, they just keep running and run your water bill up. Why are we so content to get adjusted to things like that? When we have a promise that if we can just be holy as He's holy, if we can walk uprightly before him, Amen. if we can be faithful unto death, That's right. then we're going, to get to, we're going to get to live in a place that there's never anything going to go wrong. All right. That's right. Yes, yes. I won't need bifocals. Right. Some of you won't need trifocals. Right. We won't need hearing aids. We won't need walking sticks. Right. We won't even need grocery stores. We won't need credit cards. Thank God for that. There will be no identity theft. Back a few years ago, our little old bank in our little town come out with the, with the debit cards. I thought that was the coolest thing since sliced bread until I got my identity stolen two or three times. You have to go through that headache. Right? We won't have to do that in heaven. Because it's already paid for. <laughs> I said, it's already paid for. I, correct me if I'm wrong. If you'll find a scripture that tells us anything different, you let me know. But I don't think there'll be no potholes. There won't be any potholes on streets of gold. Right? To warp your axle. Knock your car out of line. Well, thank God, I'm looking forward to going. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. I've got a home that's so much better. Yes, sir. I'm going to go there sooner or later. Amen. What a joy to be with you this weekend. Sister Wilson and I have thoroughly enjoyed our stay here, and we pray that something we've done already has been a blessing, and uh, hopefully before the night's over, we will be some more of a blessing to you. Thank you, Pastor McGee and Bishop McGee and all of you McGeeites. Hallelujah. <laughs> Exodus chapter 14. And Sister Wilson and I feel like we got to stay in uh, uh, Rich Carlton. Uh, uh, at least I think we probably did in uh, the Rich Carlton of Mount Carmel. 
Right, they ought to re rename that hotel over there. Very, very nice, good sleeping bed, snacks, and just the presence of God that we walked in there with. And you helped us today. You helped us today, and I, I believe we're going to be helped again tonight. Book of Exodus, chapter number 14. And I hope I don't bother you with a whole bunch of scripture. Uh, one preacher said the reason he, pre he leave, leaves so many scriptures is because sometimes he drops his water, watermelon when he preaches. You know, he don't do so good, and they say, you dropped your watermelon on that, on that one tonight, preacher. Well, sometimes I drop my watermelon, and if I do, I at least will leave you with a few seeds, okay? <laughs> if I'll give you some scripture. Exodus 14, 11, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? How dare you? That was their mentality. How dare you? Then verse 12, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone. Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. One verse in the book of Job, Job 37, verse 14. Hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I don't know if my brother, Brother Steve Wilson, has been here. Has he preached here? No. He and I are, are, are five years apart. He's older than I am. I'm better looking than he is. <laughs> Tell him I said so if you ever get him up here. <clears throat> I consider him one of the finest, finest ministers in all of the world. And preach the house down. And uh, he preaches a message. And if he ever comes this way, tell him you want him to preach this one. The title of the message is God Works Upstream. God Works Upstream. You know what? Some of you have been prayed for tonight for things that God's been working on for three weeks already. God's already been working on it. 
What, what I want you to do is just take that prayer that we, we prayed with you a while ago. Take that as a down payment on a job well done. Come on. Come on. In our part of the country, a little town, uh, actually a pretty good-sized city, Jackson, Tennessee, 42 miles from us, and they have, they have an FM uh, Southern Gospel Music Station. And uh, I happen to believe that if there's any songs sung in the glory world, they're probably going to be Southern Gospel. Wouldn't want to lose any of you praise and worship people, but that's just the way I feel. It'll, it'll make me happy if that's the way it happens. But that 93.1 radio station back some time ago, I had my radio on and on 93.1, and in between Southern Gospel groups, they, they did a, a station promo, a station advertisement, trying to get folks to listen to their, their station. And their, 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 their uh, punchline or their hook for their ad was this. They said, on a day like yours, you need a music mix like ours. On a day like yours, you need a music mix like ours. And I was driving along, and I'm talking to the radio. You ever talk to stuff in the car? You better hope nobody's driving beside you while you're talking to yourself. I get so, I get so uh, 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 upset at these guys that's got these. Uh, well, I got a phone in my car, too. I can push a button. I can talk, uh, I can talk without my telephone up in my ear. It's supposed yeah. to be a safety feature. Right. Right. But uh, they'll talk to, they'll be just talking to them. You talking to me? You know? But I'm talking to the radio when it says, on a day like this or on a day like yours, you need a music mix like ours. And I'm almost hollering at the, phone, at the radios in my car. And I said, no, 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 no. It's, it's not that way. It's on a day like yours, you need a God like mine. Yeah. On a day like yours, you need a God like mine. Yeah. There used to be some greeting cards that you could find in the greeting card section of the, of the drugstore or Walmart, and, and, and they would have something like this on the front. So you think you've had a bad day. You ever see any of those? Uh -huh. So you think you're having a bad day, and then you open it up, and there's there's all kind of stuff going on. All kind of number of things that's happening, and that proves that you're not the only one. You're not the only one having a bad day. For Israel, it wasn't looking like that great of a day. They're out of Egypt. That's a good thing. But now their good fortune has turned to bad. Right, right, right. 
and there's, they're trapped. They stand there trapped with a, a Red Sea in front of them, rocks and mountains on either side of them, Pharaoh's army behind them coming up fast. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Anybody got any answers? Ring in their hands. They start to murmur. Right? They start to murmur. Why'd you bring us out here? What in the world was you thinking? Somebody said it's the thought that counts. But what in the world was you thinking? What were you thinking, Moses? I mean, we had it, we had it made. We had food to eat. We were working for it. They had forgotten the 430 years of bone, bone aching labor that they had to do. They had forgotten about the bondage. They had forgotten about the whips in the hands of the taskmasters. Oh, it don't take long. It don't take long for people to forget. I said, it don't take long for folks to forget. Right, right. And, and now they're upset at Moses because he's brought them out into this, into this wilderness. And, and they're stuck. They're trapped. See in front. Army behind them. Rocks and mountains on both sides. No place to go. No way of escape. And Moses says this. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For the Egyptians that you are seeing today, you will never see them again anymore. Now, could I translate that for y'all to to fit this message? Moses was actually saying to them, on a day like yours, you need a God like mine. You need a God like mine. You need to quit this murmuring, quit this complaining, quit this worrying, and stand still and watch God Do what God does best. Stand still and see what God can do in your family. Stand still and see what God will do in your job situation. Stand still and see what God will do in your health situation. See what God will do in your financial situation. On a day like yours. You need a God like mine. If anybody, if anybody ever had a corner on the market of trouble, if anybody ever had a monopoly on bad days, it would have been Job. After all of his losses, after all of his pain, all of his misunderstandings, all that he had gone through. He can't bear it any longer. He's about had enough of it. So he speaks his mind. Uh 
He tells God everything that's on his mind. And then God sends him a message through one of his three friends. What was that message? Job, you need to stand, stand still. And you need to see the wondrous works of God. Again, message interpreted. Message decoded. On a day like yours, Job. You need a God like mine. Come on now. Listen to, listen to a scriptural commentary, if you will, on our days. And what they consist of. The wise man Solomon calling himself the preacher in Ecclesiastes 2, 23 says, talking of man, for all his days are sorrows, plural, and his travail, grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night, period, And then Solomon said, this is also vanity. In other words, this is also foolishness. Job 14.1 says, man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of birthday parties. (laughs) Full of Christmas celebration. Come on, help me now. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of lottery winnings. It's full of, you just won the publisher's clearinghouse. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Listen to me, brother saint of God. Listen to me, sister child of God. This is your life. This is our life. They that live godly shall suffer persecution. This is your life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of not from them, but out of them all. This, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is the common thread, if you will, that is woven through the fabric of all of our lives. Bad days, hard times, troubled minds. It just seems to be a part of our life. But on a day like yours, You need a God like mine. Why? Why? Because my God is awesome. And he is able. You need a God like mine because my God is the alpha. Which is the beginning of our lives. You need a God like mine because my God is bigger than all of my problems. 
My God is bigger than all of my fears. My God is bigger than anything that would ever come my way. You need a God like mine because my God is better than the best. And he's better than all of the rest. My God is caring. And he is also courageous. You need a God like mine. My God is devoted to you. And he is delighted to do his will in you. You need a God like mine because my God is ever present to help you. Because he is Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You need a God like mine because my God is faithful and he is a friend to the friendless. My God is gracious and he is good on a day like yours. You need a God like mine because my God is holy and my God is the horn of my salvation. You need a God like mine because my God is impressive and he is illustrious. That means he is notably outstanding because of his actions and his achievements. Do you know anybody else that just threw the sun and the moon out into the atmosphere? Do you know anybody else that created all of the planets and then in the middle of all of that, there's a little, a little, a little statement in, the, in that chapter in Genesis. And it, was just, and it was just like it was an afterthought, just an afterthought of God, and he made the stars also. Oh, I forgot to tell you, he made all the stars also. No big deal. Did you ever look at, did you ever read Genesis 1 and 2, chapters 1 and 2? After all of the creation that God did, all of the creative work that God did, did you know that in those two chapters there's not one exclamation point? Not one exclamation point. You know why? Because that's just the way God does things. No biggie. That's no biggie. My God is impressive. He is illustrious. He is notably under... He is notably outstanding because of his actions and his achievements. Now, I don't know about your God. I don't know about your God. Elijah told the prophets of Baal, I'm not so sure about your God. I mean, after all, you've been up here for hours. You've been, you've been praying. You've been begging. You've been howling. You've been cutting yourself with knives because you thought the sight of blood might Bring your God to you. I don't know about your God. But I know about my God. My God is just. He's just. That means he's fair. And he's also Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. On a day like yours. You might want to try... A God like mine. Come on now. 
My God is king of kings. And my God is the keeper of Israel. My God is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is the Lord of lords. My God is the mighty God. And he is the master of every situation. On a day like yours. In a situation like yours, you might want to try a God like mine. Well, glory. My God is a need supplier. My God is a name changer. My God is omnipotent. He is the only begotten son, and he is omega. You remember, he is alpha, which he gets it started, but then he knows when it's over. He knows when it's over. He knows when it's time to quit, unlike most preachers. He knows when it's time to slam the door on it. Listen to me, child of God. If God has allowed you to be in something that is uncomfortable right now, if God has allowed you to get involved in something that has been less than than perfect, less than enjoyable, if God allowed you to get there, He knows the time that He put you there. He knows the date. He marked it down. And if you if you could perhaps see heaven's calendar, if you could just get a glimpse of heaven's calendar on heaven's refrigerator, you would find out that he not only told you when to start it, he not only knew when you went in it, he's already got, he's already got it marked on the calendar when you're gonna come out of it, when it's gonna change, when this thing that you've been facing It's going to be over. He is the Alpha. And he is the Omega. The beginning. And the end. Oh, praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. Well, while I'm here. While I'm here and I still got a mic that's working. You know, the word of the Lord says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. One, I thought somebody tried to play a trick on me and turn me off there for a second. He's the author and the finisher. Now, I'm on honest confession. The Bible says honest confession is good for the soul. I'm going I'm to confess to the bishop tonight. And there ain't no screen between us. I'm going to confess to the bishop that every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while, I like to read a good novel. Don't be pointing fingers at me. Because there's three pointing right back at you. I like to read a good novel. And I've been known to read John Grisham novels. I read John Grisham novels because John lived 30 miles from where I was born and raised. 
And in uh, a lot of his earlier books, hey, guys, Father, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, y'all can be seated if you want to. I appreciate it. Take a break. Take a break while I tell this. I'm having a good time. The Lord's good, isn't he? <laughs> y'all don't video y'all services, do you? Please, do you? <laughs> Author and finisher. That's where I'm at. John, he knows how to put, he knows how to put a, a, a good novel together. And a lot of places that he mentioned in some of his earlier novels were places around our home, towns that we were, were very, very accustomed to and, and uh, know, knew about, places of business, etc., etc. But old Grisham, he, he knows something that we don't know. Right? I mean, he's an attorney, and he's pretty smart, but I'm not talking about his ability as a lawyer. But he knows, as an author, he knows something we don't know. Because, see, the pen, or as it were, the typewriter, or the computer keyboard, they're under his power. Okay, I'll get back to my sermon in a minute. I just had to catch my breath. They're under his control. And when John gets down to the last chapter, if you've ever read his books, he'll, he'll leave you hanging out in the wilderness thought-wise for chapter after chapter after chapter. But about the last two chapters, boy, he starts reeling you in. I mean, he starts, he, he starts putting that thing together, and, and you're, you're reading that book, and your eyes are just doing like this because you can't put it down, you know. I better not do that anymore. It made me dizzy. <laughs> but when he's writing that book, Bishop, he'll get down to that last last two two paragraphs, last three paragraphs, and he'll he'll write it. You know, I just don't really think I like that. I don't like that very well. So he hits delete, deletes four or five paragraphs, and he starts writing again. And he'll do that three or four, five, ten, fifteen times until finally John Boy Grisham, he gets satisfied with the ending. And that's the beauty of being the author. That's what's cool about being the author. Yeah. Yeah. Because, see, if you're the author, you've got control of how it's ending. Yeah. The Word of the Lord said he is the author yeah. and the finisher yeah. of our faith. He may leave you out in never, never land for chapter after chapter, day after day, perhaps even week after week. But if you have put it in the hands of the Lord, I said if you have put it in the hands of the Lord, you can trust him. I said you can trust him to finish it. You can trust him to finish it for your benefit. You need a God like mine. You know why? Because my God is the great physician. And he's not only that, he's our Passover lamb. 
Our God is quick, quick. to redeem sinners. Amen. And he is qualified to restore the broken. Yes. You need a God like mine. Yeah. My God is the rock of defense. Yeah. But he's, he's more than that. He's also the rose yeah. of Sharon. Yeah. That means he can be tough or tender. He can be tough or tender. Yes. The rock of defense and the rose of Sharon. My God is the shepherd of the sheep. Right. And he's also the savior of the world. My God is truth. Yes, he is. And uh, he is terrible yeah. in battle against the enemy. Yes, sir. You might need a God like mine. That's right. My God won't run from a skirmish. My God won't run from a little battle. No. My God is truth. He's terrible in battle against the enemy. Right. My God is undeniable. Yes. And he is unchangeable. Right. My God is victorious. Yes. Because he is valiant yes. in battle. My God is worthy of praise and he is willing to save. You might want a God like mine. My God is a xenophile. X-E-N-O-P-H-I-L-E. You know what that means? That means he is attracted to foreign things or foreign peoples. We were once alienated. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. But God said, I'll take them. I'll save them. I'll clean them up. I'll wash them in my blood. I'll make a saint out of them. When the world has thrown them away. He loved us when we were strangers. Strangers from his will. Unlovable in our character. Yet he loved us still. My God is yesterday, but he's also today, and he's also forever. My God is Yeshua, Savior. And my God is Zion's righteous governor. He is also the zenith of Doctrinal theology. And he's not only that, he is a zephyr, which means he is the wind of Pentecostal power and outpouring. So for a day like yours, you need to sign up for a God like mine. I said you need to sign up for a God like mine. If he's not your God, he wants to be. And he can be if you'll only be obedient to his word. If you'll obey his call to repentance. If you'll obey his call to salvation through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And through the infilling of the Holy Ghost, he said, I'll be your God and you can be my people. Elijah's on Mount Carmel with 450 prophets of Baal. It wasn't going so, so good for Elijah. And it, but it wasn't going. It was going worse for Baal's prophet. Yes. 
I said it was going worse for Baal's prophets. Because Elijah's 63-word prayer, it was just 63 words. Not 63 hours, 63 days, not even 63 minutes. 63 words that a fast-talking woman could say in just a matter of a couple seconds. Nothing against women. I love women. My mother was a woman. <laughs> she really was, yes, sir. But Elijah prayed a 63-word 63, 63 prayer. And that 63-word prayer brought down out of heaven fire enough to consume the whole sacrifice to destroy the altar, to lick up 12 barrels of water. It was almost like Elijah's saying to the prophets, hold on, guys, y'all might need to try a God like mine. Huh? You might, you might want a, a God like mine. Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant. They put that thing in the presence of God. They put the presence of God in the temple of Dagon. Right. They put it in the temple of Dagon, and the next morning they found that false god, Dagon. They found him falling over on his face, right, right? Yes, sir. before the ark. Yes, sir. So they set Dagon up again, and the next morning Dagon was found falling over again. This time he had his head was completely off. His hands were cut off. Only his stump, only his trunk was... Trunk was left. Yeah. Sorry, Philistines. Yeah. On a day like yours, you might need a God like that. That's right. Uh, That's right. Don't put your false God up against our God. That's right. I said, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. David to Goliath, you come to me with a sword yeah. and staves. Yeah. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Come to you in the name of the Lord. Hey, Goliath! On a day like yours. That's right. You need a God like mine. That's right. Yes. Why? Because his name is the only saving name. Saving name. Because yes. his name is the only name under heaven yes. given among men whereby yes. we right. must be saved. His yes. name is the only name that is able to wash away our sins in baptism. Yes. Oh, to the artist, he is the altogether lovely one. Right. To the architect, he is the chief cornerstone. Yes. To the baker, he is the living bread. To the carpenter, he is the sure foundation and a nail in a sure place. Right. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the teacher, he's the great teacher. To the farmer, he is the seed. Yes. And also, he is the Lord of the harvest. To the yes. geologist, he is the rock of ages yeah. on a day like yours. Yeah. You need a God like mine. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. To the horticulturist, he is the true vine. To the incompetent, he is the knowledge of God. To the judge, he is the faithful witness. To the king, he is the king of kings. To the lawyer, he is the advocate. To the minister, he is the message. To the nurse, 
He is the loving caregiver. To the oculist, he is the light of the eye on a day like yours. You need a God like mine. To the priest, he's the great high priest. To the queen, he is that one king that is greater than Solomon. To the redeemed, he is the redeemer. To the sinner, he is the savior. To the troubled, he is the peace that passeth understanding. To the unloved, he is the lover of your soul. To the victim, he is the victor and the victory. To the weary, he is the rest. And to the yearning, he is the fulfillment of your dreams. On a day like yours, you need a God like mine. Do you know him tonight? I said, do you know him tonight? If you don't know him, you can know him. Before this service is over, you can know who we've been preaching about. You can know who we've been singing about. You can know what you've been feeling in this service. I've been, I've been uh, uh, watching and observing throughout this service, and I've seen the Spirit of the Lord moving on different ones as the service progressed. God may just be calling you tonight. I said he might just be calling you to come home. To come home. Find out what we're preaching about. Find out about this God that we serve. On a day like yours, you're troubled. You're weary. You're hungry. You're hurting. You're striving. You're struggling. Why don't you let God be God? in your life. Why don't we step out of our seats this evening and walk toward the front of this building and find us a place around around this altar area. Stand and lift your voice, lift your hands. Lift your hands and say, God, I want to find you. I really want to find you. I really want to find you, God. I really want to know who you are. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.